Welcome to the Parkway Live Church Podcast. Thank you for taking time to let God's Word impact you. Always encouraged to know God is touching lives through this ministry. Please visit parkwaylife.com to let us know. You can also hit the giving tab to sow into the ministry that you are experiencing. Now, prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. An elderly, an elderly lady came home from church one day, and they'd had great church, and she was all excited about church, and she came into her house, and there was an intruder in her home. And he was taking all of her belongings and just stealing, just stealing stuff right out of her house. And the lady, uh, she kind of got excited. She had a little church still on her, you know. And she said, stop. And then she, the only other thing she knew was she said, stop, Acts 2.38. The old boy just stopped right in his tracks. I mean, he didn't move. And uh, she went over and called the 911, called the police. They came running and got to her house and put the old boy in cuffs and was walking him to the car. And the policeman said, man, I just got to ask you one thing. Why, why, did, you, why did you stop? That, that lady just said a scripture. What was the deal? What made you stop? He said, scripture, nothing. That woman had an ax and two thirty eights. That's funny, isn't it? <laughs> I, uh, I want to talk to you. We're in a series called This Is Us. This Is Us. And just to kind of break it into you, this has nothing to do with the TV series, This Is Us. And some of you are going, oh, man, because it's like one of the most popular shows. And I'm not trying to be super spiritual about this. I have no clue uh, about that show. I've never even watched it, um, uh, but this is, has nothing to do with that. We're just kind of riding the wave of its popularity in the title. But this is us. Let me tell you what this is about, though. This is reaffirming the vision of Parkway, uh, Parkway Life Church and who we are. It's what we're calling it, This Is Us, kind of stating to you over the next four weeks exactly who we are as a church, what we stand, what we believe in, kind of breaking it down. You're going to learn stuff today, trust me. You're going to learn something today. You want to write some of this down. It's going to connect with you. It's going to be something maybe you had never heard it on that fashion. I hope it's a revelatory word for you today. We have a uh, tagline here at Parkway um, that uh, we say Parkway Life. And we've been saying this for years upon years, and we say, where truth. Very good. We say, Parkway Life, where grace and truth meet. Where grace and truth meet. I love, love, love that statement. But we are a church where grace and truth, truth meet. In other, words, in other words, listen to this. We don't preach grace minus truth. Is that all right? We don't preach grace minus truth because grace without truth deceives people and ceases to be grace. Truth, however, without grace crushes people and ceases to be truth. We preach the balance of grace and truth. We preach this, and, and I'll just be right up front and tell you, 
Uh, we've been, uh, some churches have uh, really can't figure out Parkway and our vision and all that stuff because they, 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 get a little, they get a little mad at us because they think, man, they must be doing something wrong because they're growing. You know, any business, anything that's growing, they surely must be doing something wrong. So I know what it is, some may say. I know what it is. They're not preaching truth. See, people that preach truth alone end up getting a little bit judgmental because they don't have grace. It's kind of the natural thing. And so we're big on preaching grace and truth. Now, notice we didn't say truth and grace. We said grace and truth. There's a reason why, because that's the way the Bible says it. And second of all, we preach grace and truth because you can't handle truth without grace. It'll it'll, It'll eat your lunch. You can't handle the straight truth of the Word of God without grace. You need the grace of God. And that is what we, who we are. This is us. This is us. We preach grace and truth here. By no means are we the only one that does that on the block, but I'm going to tell you that's a big, big deal to us. And then we have a vision. And the vision, the this is us part of us, the vision is the vehicle in which we use to drive and preach and proclaim grace and truth. And so our vision is something that you're going to hear a lot around here, you have over the last few years, is something called connect the dots. Everybody say connect the dots. Now you say, well, that doesn't sound one bit spiritual to me. Just hang on because it gets really good. We base these four dots. So when you come into this church, maybe you're a first-time guest today or you've been attending church here forever, what the deal is, Connect the dots is something that we have a vision for you to receive in your life. We want to see that happen in your life. Connect the dots. We want to see that take place. And what we're doing is we're grabbing that from Exodus chapter 6, verses 6 through 7. And it is four promises. Four promises. The Jewish people call it the four I wills. The four I wills. You're going to learn some things today. The four I wills are four promises that God gave out in the book of Exodus. And let me tell you where all that comes from so you kind of understand our vision. The children of Israel, they're in Egypt, okay? They're in this place called Egypt. They've got this guy named Pharaoh that is ruling them with an iron hand. I mean, he has, he has got his hand on them. He is, they're slaves. He is beating them. He's whipping them. They're working. They can't work enough. He's killing them. He's running them in the ground. And they're praying for a deliverer, a, a savior, someone to come and set them free. Well, God says, you know what? I'm going to do that for the Jewish people. And I am going to do that. And I'm going to give you four promises in the process. So I'm, I'm going to do something for you, but I'm going to give you four promises, and you can stand on these. And again, the Jewish people to this day call that the four I wills. And so this is the way it happened. It was the night of Passover. It's, they're all there. The Egyptians are in their beds and their houses. The Israelites are in their houses. And guess what? He calls for them. The Lord God Almighty calls for them to take a lamb. And put the blood of the lamb on the doorpost of their homes. In other words, when you put the blood, when you apply the blood of the lamb on your doorpost, I'm going to know you're one of my kids. Isn't that good? And so the death angel comes through Egypt 
And as he's coming through, God starts connecting the dots. He starts making sure that these promises come to pass. And he delivers the Israelites out of Egypt. They're packing their stuff. I mean, they're grabbing their belongings. Like 100,000-something people are grabbing their stuff, and they're heading out of Egypt. They're moving quick, they're going fast, and they're heading towards the promised land. Notice what that is, the promise, the promised land. You got those promises up in there. And they're heading towards the promised land. Now, they get out, we know they made it to the promised land, all that stuff. But did you know that God told them, this is what I want you to do. I want you from one child to the next, from one generation to the next, I want you to pass on what I did for you, and I want you to tell them about the four promises that I gave you that I told you were going to get you out of here. I, I gave you four promises. Make sure you pass that on from one generation to the next. Isn't that cool? And so that's what he gave the children of Israel. Now, this is what I want to do. I, I, this is called, the Jewish Jews call this the Seder, S-E-D-E-R, Seder. It means order. And there was an order to the process of what they did. And let me tell you how this worked. They would read, a, they would sit down at a dinner table. This is, they still do this. They sit down at a dinner table and around the dinner, their kids around there, different generations are around there. And they said, let me tell you this. This is how, we want to tell you how we came out of Egypt. And they put four cups on the table, four cups, and they fill those, each cup with wine. And each cup represents one of the promises that God gave the children of Israel. So they drink from that cup. In other words, they pour that cup out and they drink from that cup and they tell and explain what God did for them in giving them the four promises. And then the next thing they do at that same dinner is they eat of the unleavened bread and they taste of the bitter herbs. So what they're saying is this. This is what we used to be when we were in Egypt, but he brought us out. He brought us out. And we want to eat the unleavened bread, we want to taste the wine, and we're going to eat the bitter herbs. And so they do all of this stuff in symbolism of the four promises of God. Now, did you know this? This is something you did not know probably, that we celebrate the Jewish Seder in the Christian church in a little different way. So because we don't practice Judaism per se, we, we celebrate that in a different way because Jesus came to fulfill the promises of the Old Testament. Right. Amen. Amen? And so the Christian church, we do something different and we call that communion or the Lord's Supper. In fact, we're going to partake of that today. So the communion of the Lord's Supper. But do you notice when we take communion, what we do? See, you're going to learn something. We use one cup. Because when we take of that one cup, it's because Jesus became the fulfillment of the four cups being poured out into the New Testament. Jesus became that, and we drink of the fulfillment of what Jesus did for us. But notice what else we do. We take the wafer. 
and we put it in our mouth, the unleavened bread, and it just has no taste to it, and representing the bitter herbs and the unleavened bread, and we put it in our mouth, representing the body of Christ and what Jesus did for us. Now, it, did you learn something right there? That's just cool stuff. Give the Lord some coolness about that. Can you do that? And these, these four promises have always been in God's heart, and they are still for the church today. Yes, we've come in the New Testament, but they've been poured out to us. And this is what I want you to do. We're going to go to Exodus chapter 6 and verses 6 through 7 and look at the four promises. So here we go. You ready? We're going to look at these four promises that he gave the Israelites. Here we go. I am the Lord. And here's the first promise. I will. Everybody say, I will. I will. Just like if I said, Hey, I will, I'm Nathan Keating, and I will do this. It's a promise. I will, this is what God says, bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will, I promise you that. I'm going to bring you out. Next thing he said, second promise, I will free you from being slaves to them. You're not going to be slaves any longer. I can promise you that. Number three, I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. That's the third promise. This is what, that's what I'm going to do for you. And the fourth thing, oh, this is awesome. I will, I will take you as my own people and I'm going to be your God. I'm going to claim you as my own, man. You're going to be my church. You're my, you're my beloved. And then it says this, verse 7, then you will know after you after you taste of these four promises, then you're going to know something. What are you going to know? Then you will know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. You're going to know. You're going to know that I did this for you. So these promises are still in the heart of God today. And these old tests, when you come to church here, we want you to connect the dots, and we're fleshing that out and explaining that to you. But we want to connect the dots. We want to see these four promises happen in your life. We want to, when you connect the dots in this church, you're connecting the Old Testament to New Testament fulfillment. We want to see God come alive and fulfilled in your life through the power of the New Testament. We want the Old Testament promises poured out. This morning I, I drank my coffee of which I do every morning, praise the Lord, hallelujah. And uh, I drank my coffee, and, and the bottom of my cup was not blue. But for instance, if it was blue, if I took that cup of coffee and I poured that cup of coffee out and the bottom of my glass was blue and I turned it like this, what would you see? It just looked like a dot, wouldn't it? Well, I've been that just simple here on the screen for you today. I put four coffee cups. That's not what they sit around and drink there. But anyways, it sounds more spiritual. So, look, we got four coffee cups, but when you pour that out, we got four dots. That's why, as Parkway, we put wheels on our vision, and we call it connect the dots, okay? Connect the dots. But we're still using those four key promises that can be fulfilled in your life, all right? So connect the dots. In other words, he wants to pour out the Old Testament prophecy, Old Testament works and into the New Testament. And when he does that through the power of Jesus, those dots, that's how we call it. That's the reason we call it connect the dots, okay? And so when you say I want to connect the dots, you're saying I want all of this to culminate in my life 
and for me to have fulfillment and be poured out in my life. Now, this is what, this is each dot, okay? We're going to give you the new language. We're going to give you the language of what we call each dot. All right, so this is how, when you're out there telling people what Parkway's about, this is, this is the four things we want to tell, tell you and have you tell people. Number one, connect the dots consists of four steps. Number one, dot one, we want you to know Jesus. And I'll explain that in a minute. We want you to know Jesus. Everybody say, know Jesus. Know Jesus. So if you're a first-time guest or you've been here forever, we want you to make sure you connect that dot. We want you to know Jesus. We don't want you to go here forever and not know Jesus. We want you to know. We don't want you to know the preacher and honk if you know Jesus and sign the book if you know Jesus and become a member if you. We want you to know Jesus. Amen. Amen? Amen. Dot one, know Jesus. Number two, dot two. We want to. We want to see this happen in your life. We want you to find freedom. We want you to have some deliverance in your life. We want you to be set free. We want you to find freedom. Dot three. We want you to discover purpose in your life. We, don't want to, we want you to know what it means to feel like to live with purpose in your life. And then dot four is to make a difference. So let's go through all these together. You ready? Dot one is? Jesus. Dot two? Dot three? Dot four? Now that's just easy, right? It should be easy. The gospel should be so easy that a child should understand it. And so what we're doing at Parkway Life in this series is trying to explain to you the on-ramp to knowing Christ, the on-ramp to becoming a part of Parkway, the on-ramp. And we want to make that easy because the gospel is easy. And so we're trying to do that, and I think you'll find that even today through what we talk about. So let's talk about this first one, know Jesus. Let's dot one, know Jesus. Where do I get that from in Exodus? All right, here we go. Look at this. He said, I will bring you out. Remember, that was the first promise. Dot one, first promise is our dot one, I will bring you out. I will bring you out. What does it mean? They're in Egypt. He promised them, I'm going to get your hide out of Egypt. I'm going to get you out of Egypt. You're going to come out of there. You can't have all the other things happen in your life until you first get out of Egypt. Can you remember the day, by the grace and the help of God, if this has happened in your life, that you came out of Egypt? Come on now. Anybody hear me? Do you remember when you came out of Egypt? In other words, Egypt is a type of sin and broken. Do you remember when you got saved? That's when you came out of Egypt. I will bring you out. And we believe, we believe, if you stay faithful and consistent in our Sunday services, that, that you're going to find and know Jesus. You're going to know Jesus. If you come to enough of our Sunday services, it's going to happen in your life. One of these weekends, it may be this weekend, it may be a year, maybe five years, I don't know. But you're going to make a connection. You're going to get out of Egypt. You're going to get tired of the way you've been living. You're going to be hungry. You're going to find and connect with Jesus Christ. And he's going to bring you out. And our vision is through our Sunday services that is going to happen in your life. He wants to get you out of bondage. He wants to get you out of slavery. He wants to get you out of that. And so we want to see that happen through our Sunday services. The second dot, this is where we get this. It's that second promise. He said, I will free you. I don't want to just get out of Egypt. I want to be free. Now let me explain it this way. I don't want to just 
get out of the grave. I want the grave clothes off. Jesus called Lazarus out of the grave, right? He called him out of the grave. That was Jesus' part. He said, I'm going to get you out of Egypt, your Egypt. <laughs> I'm going to get you out. I'm going to get you out of your grave. And he comes out. Lazarus comes out of the grave. Jesus calls him out of the grave. But look what he did here. He turned to the church around him and said, now go take his grave clothes off. It's the church's job to help you find freedom. It's dot two in your life. The first dot is knowing Jesus. It's getting out of Egypt. It's getting out of bondage. The second one is finding freedom. In other words, you're out of Egypt. Now get the Egypt off of you. Now, this is what confuses a lot of people because they, they come to church, they find salvation, but they don't get deliverance. It, it feels good to be at church. They know Jesus, and they leave out not saying they know Jesus, and this is what's confused the Christian church for a long time. But they still got stuff. They still got issues. Ain't nobody saying nothing right now. They, they ain't gonna, don't tell them to be talking about my issues. Don't be talking about my stuff. We got stuff. And I, how many people across America right now are in church? They know Jesus. They've had dot one in their life. But they've never been delivered. They have never found freedom in their life. And our goal is for you to find freedom. He said, he is a promise. He said, I will free you. In the church of the living God, if you're a part of this church, we want this church to be of that in your life, to help you get the grave clothes off. Amen. And we believe that happens through connecting with people, connecting with relationships in the church. And what I mean by that is that you connect. We have a thing called life groups. We'll be introducing that at the end of our service next week. We'll be talking about that a little bit but, but, and give you an opportunity to sign up for those. But life groups, life groups, that's an opportunity to connect. We have a man in this church uh, named Ken Hollingsworth and Ken Carr. Both of them Ken, I don't know, but anyway. And, and they have a deal called Conversational Word, and they get together. And, and, it's, and it's people like you that signed up for it, and they get together, and they sit down in, in the local coffee shop, which the owner goes to our church. Praise the Lord, hallelujah, Sister Diane. She's the bomb diggity, best coffee in the history of coffee. And, uh, and, and, and they sit in that coffee shop and back there, and you know what? They get to talking about the Word of God. And, and sometimes people get to crying and teared up and saying, this is what's going on in my life right now. This is what I'm struggling with in my life. This is where I'm at in life. You see, God wants you to do life in the context of relationships. He don't want you to be an island to yourself and nobody to connect with you. He wants you to be able to do life together. And that's exactly what that life group along with others do. And you're able to do life together. And you're able to work out issues and get the grave. Man, I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling with that. And we're able to work through life. And man, I'm praying for you. And we work together. Isn't that beautiful? That's the way this church is trying to fulfill that vision through relationships and life groups. Connect the dots. Can I, can I let you in on a little, on a little uh, secret? Okay, y'all don't want to know. Y'all want to know about the secret? All right, here it is. In the fall, in the fall, we are going to start something called freedom groups. It's an extension of our life groups. Let me tell you something. It is going to be awesome. Because it is dot two on steroids. For 10 weeks, you will have this. This will be across our city. In fact, I'm starting to train the leaders for it in just a few days. It's going to take me 10 weeks in training. But I'm going to train the leaders, and we're going to send them out in this area, in these freedom groups. And you'll be able to bring your friends, and you'll be able to come yourself and sit in a group 
and sit down and let God walk you through 10 weeks of intense getting the grave clothes off and finding freedom. We don't want to just talk about it. We as the church want to provide an opportunity for you to connect with dot two and connect with the second promise, and that is Jesus freeing you from your junk. Is that all right? Now, if you, isn't that exciting? Some of you didn't even clap. That's good stuff right there. That's your church trying to step in the vision of what started in the book of Exodus. We want to see people delivered. We want to see people delivered and find freedom in their, in their life. And I'll tell you this, there's a lot of people that get perpetually stuck in dot two. They get salvation, get stuck in dot two, and they never find the next thing. And we want you to find this, and that is we want you to... We want you to find purpose. We want you to have purpose in your life. And we want you to do that. The Bible says, the third promise, I will redeem you. Now, we used to use the language around here called redemption. And we found out that unchurched people have no clue what they meant. They think that's a movie or something. And, and so, or, you know, cool song or a good rock group or something, but... But unchurched people don't understand this. So we changed the language a little bit, but it still means the same thing. I will redeem you. In other words, he's saying, I want to bring you back, and I want you to find purpose in your life. I don't want you to be a Christian that's saved and on their way to heaven, and you, and, and you, and you even got some grave clothes off of you. You got, you got Egypt out of you, but you're still struggling with finding purpose. And so we've got a vision for you. And it comes, goes back to Exodus and pours out in the New Testament. And that is, we want you to be redeemed. We want to find purpose. If you, if you were the lover of old cars and you found an old car that you, you found and it was all in the junkyard, and you took that old car and you brought it back to life and you put a new paint job on it and put new leather and cleaned it all up and you restored that or you redeemed that, what would you be doing? You'd be bringing it back to its original design and purpose. And that's exactly what God gave the promise in Exodus. He's saying, I know you've been in Egypt and your teeth have been beat out. Beat out. And I know that you've had grave clothes off, but now we're getting Egypt out of you. But now we want to do something. God doesn't want to leave you in the brokenness that you are. He wants to redeem you. He wants you to find purpose again. In other words, he wants you saved and you to know you're saved and feel like you're saved and your face to surely show it. He wants you to have purpose in your life. Someone said, amen. amen. You to find purpose. I will redeem you. And then, then the last dot is, I will take you as my own people. I will be your God. That's the first time that he stated to the Israelites that you're a part of my church. You are called my church. He's saying this fourth promise that you become a part of something. You become part of something called the church of the living God, and you become a difference maker. You're not in this church just to warm a, a chair. You're not in this church just to give a dollar. You're not in this church just to say, you, you man, you're, you go to Parkway. You're in this church because God saves you to, make you to use you to make a difference in a broken world. Do you believe that? He said, I'll take you as my own people. I will be your God. You will be my people. You belong to something bigger. And now you can have fulfillment in your life. And you can surely make a difference. And we, 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 we apply Connect the Dots. 
and dot four through what we call our dream team. In other words, we want to see you connect. We want to see you serve. We want to see you get involved. Now, we're going to put you, if you're interested, on a con- maybe our coffee team, and, and we're going to put you maybe in a, on our parking lot team, and we're going to maybe put you on, man, there's so many different teams. We have almost 200 people that serve in this church, and, and, and so we may put you on one of those teams. And that is awesome, and that's connecting the dots. But that's not, you know, just making coffee alone is not going to totally bring you fulfillment. It's pretty good, though. But, it, it, it's, but what it does, it gets you involved in the process of serving the church, the living God. And we're hoping that starts something in your life that you get a spirit of servitude and you serve everywhere that you can find. You make sure that you are a servant and you, and you give your best to God. Now, so we're trying to do, we don't want to just have good church, man. We can have good church, but we want to do more than just have good church. We want to see things happen in your life. We want dots to be connected. I look back here and my dear, precious friend Harlan's here today. Good to see him. He's been out, been sick. So good to see him here today. But he is probably, what, 45, something like that? Okay, Lord, forgive me. 81. 81 years of age. He's 81 years of age. I still want to see all these dots connected in Harlan's life. And equally do I want to see it happen uh, for, for some of these young gauge over here. And all these different, from whatever age you are, I want to see as your pastor, I want to see the dots connected in your life. I want to see you have growth. And so we've made systems and processes to try to lead you along that way. Isn't that cool? I think it's the, it's the way. It's the, it's the, man, it's, it's the plan of God laid out so, so beautifully. And I hope that really makes sense. And we put it in vernacular that fits our generation and connect the dots. So, now, this is what I want to do for the next few minutes. I want to start back with dot one, and I want to talk to you about knowing Jesus. I want to deal with that one for just a few minutes and just, just talk to you and open that and unpack that for just a minute. Know Jesus. Everybody say, know Jesus. Jesus. It's that first dot in knowing Jesus. So how, Pastor, that's great that you got dot one. How do we experience in our life Dot one. Man, I want to tell you about this. It's so exciting. How do I experience dot one in my life? Here we go. What you've got to do is you've got to let go. You've got to let go. We call it surrendering. You've got to surrender. You've got to let go of some things. And as you surrender, you, you let go of things, repentance always revolves around you giving up something. And I don't mean just giving up something, well, I don't like this, so I'm going to give it. No, I'm talking about giving some junk up, giving something that's caused you to live in sin, bondage, Egypt, giving it up. In other words, you're repenting. The word repentance means to turn around. You're turning around from the way you used to live, and now you're marching. You're a new man in Christ. You're walking a different way. I'm a new creature in Christ, so I'm walking a different way. I'm letting go. I'm surrendering my past. I'm surrendering my stuff. I'm surrendering to God. I'm repenting of my sins. I'm turning around. That is repentance. Jesus, please forgive me. I am letting go, things I've been holding on to that's kept me in bondage. I'm letting go of those. It's, it, that's, that's the huge first step in knowing Christ is I'm letting go because up to then all I know is me. 
I know me. I know my stuff. I know who I want to be in my dreams and my life. But I, wanna, I don't want that. I want dot one connected to mine. I want to know Jesus. I want to know Jesus. So I want to repent. I want to repent. He calls every man and woman to repentance. Second is this. Check this out. He wants you to be baptized. Baptized. You say, man, I don't understand all that. You don't have to understand all of this. But it's a process. It's what Christ asked us to do. He said, you want to know me? You want that dot one? I want you to be baptized into me. I want you to be baptized into me. And so this is how we do this at Parkway. We, we get you suited up, get you some shorts on, get you something on, whatever, get you down into a baptistry. It's got water all in it. And you're going, dear God, I got, I, it's, it's Harvey-like, okay? <laughs> Except it's clean water. It's clean water. And we get you in this water, and it, we got a tank, and we're going to be back of that tank here in a little while. And it's all heated, nice, like a big old whirl, whirlpool, okay? And you get down in that tub, and we, we set you there, and we baptize you. We lower you down into the water and bring you back up. We baptize you. But we don't just baptize you. We baptize you, and we do so in the name of of the one that we're wanting you to know. We baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ. Because when you are baptized, you're baptized into Christ. In other words, you put his name on you. He is the owner, and in the owner's name goes on your life. Isn't that cool? Repentance, turning around, I'm cleaning out. That's the blood of Jesus, but now I am baptized, that washing away of my sins through the power of baptism and stamping on the new name, the new owner, and that is Jesus Christ. That's exactly what we do in this church. And then the third thing that we would love to see happen in your life is this We've got repentance, and then we've got baptism. That's the, all this washing away of our sins. And then some churches want to stop right there. They want to stop. And so you've been cleaned out. You've let go. You've cleaned out. You've had things washed away. But now there's a void. There's something missing. And there's people in churches across America sitting there, and they've done all the stuff, but they still tell you something's missing weekly almost, I have people walk in this room and say, I feel something I've never felt before. I'll tell you what it is. It's not cool music and cool preaching. I threw that one in there. It's, it's the Spirit. And we believe when you have been cleansed and washed that the next thing there is a void and the Lord wants to fill that void with the Spirit of Christ. His Spirit comes inside of you. Isn't that awesome? And fills up that void. It's the most beautiful thing in all the world. It's called the gospel. And it's the good news of the gospel. And that's what he does for you. Washes you. Forgives you. Washes you. And fills you with 
the Spirit. And we believe if you stay involved in our Sunday services somewhere. Now, I know there's churches you might, you might would go to, and I'm not trying to run down other churches. Just this, this is different, different styles, different whatever. You come to that church, and, man, you say, well, I, I, I want to I repent, and I want to be baptized, and I want to be filled with the Spirit and all that stuff. And, man, like your first service, they're over there going, I'm picking on Herschel here. Picking on Herschel. Get him. You know, I mean, before you long, you're going, I want to be baptized. And it's just because it's just, it's just you want to be safe. It's like, it's like, I want the Spirit just so that I don't die here. Come on now. Anybody been there? I don't know which church that is, but it's there. And, 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 and I mean, they'll drag you. And, you're going to get holy rolled some way. But, but, but we don't do that here. We believe that the goodness of God leadeth men to repentance. I don't have to push you, pry you, spit on you, holler at you. I don't have to do any of that. I have to present you the gospel that is the sweetest gospel in all the world. And you have to make a decision that you want to receive that gospel in your life. And you let go and ask Christ to do his work in you. And you are repent and you are baptized in the lovely name of Jesus. And then you say, thank you, Lord, for doing that part. Now fill me with the Spirit. Wash me and do all of that, but also don't leave me empty and full of void. But, Lord, now let me be full of the Spirit of the Lord. That's why we call this a Spirit-filled church. Because when you walk in here, we have a vision of wanting to see you full of the Spirit of God. Can the church say amen? Amen. Amen. We want to see you full. That's our vision for you. That may happen today. It may happen in a year. It may happen five years. We're not in a hurry with that because the Bible says, He who hungers and thirsts after righteousness shall be filled. And if you stay hungry, you're going to be filled. You've got to stay hungry for all of Him. And He is going to fill you up. Amen? Isn't that the beautiful, that, I just love the gospel. It's just absolutely beautiful. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just preach this little part right here, and I'm, I'm, I'm about to wind it on down here. But I preached something a number of years ago that was absolutely revelatory to me. I've never seen anybody, or anybody else preach it, or I've never heard it from anywhere else. But when I saw it, it was like knocked my socks off. I, I, it is absolutely amazing. Listen to this. Jesus was on the cross. You want to know Jesus, right? You want to be a partaker of who he is. Jesus is on the cross. This is awesome, y'all. All right, here we go. He's on the cross, and they nail him to the cross. They nail his feet. And from his hands, from his feet, and from his side, and from his head, what came from it? Blood. Blood. Remember that. Blood ran from his body. The other thing happened, he's on the cross, and they stuck a spear in his side, and out of it flowed water. 
The next thing, he's on the cross, and right before he died, he said, Father, I commit my spirit to you. There are three things <laughs> that came from the body of Jesus, and if you take on those three things, you drink from the cup of the New Testament. You take on the blood... You take on the blood at repentance. You take on the water at baptism. And you get the Spirit of Christ when you're filled with the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. Can somebody say amen? amen. Woo! That's good stuff right there, man. That's good stuff. And so let me hit you before I leave with a little Acts 2.38. See, I came back around on you. You didn't see that one coming. Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Check this out. It's verse 37, and something's happening. Jesus is ascending, and he tells his believers, followers, he said, go to the upper room. Don't read the text yet, please. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> that was my secret signal. He's sending them to Jerusalem, and he said, listen, I want you to go to Jerusalem. I want you to tarry and wait in a room called the upper room, and when you get there, I'm going to do something for you. I'm going to send you the promise of my Father. Dry your tears. I'm leaving, but I'll come back again. It's going to be okay. Go tarry in Jerusalem. I got something coming. I got something coming. And they don't know what it is. And so the believers ran to an upper room, and they began to tarry and pray and seek after Christ. <laughs> and in that room, that what we call the upper room, they begin to feel things. They begin to seek after things. And Simon Peter, this guy, stands up, kind of wild, crazy-looking dude like me, and stands up and begins to say some things. And the people in the room, there's loads of people in this room, they begin to they say this in verse 37. I'm not going to read it to you, but I, but I want you to read it, Acts 2.37. They say this. They say, what must we do? In other words, I know he sent us here and there's something going on and I feel something, but what must we do? And Simon Peter is the one they asked. And it had to be Simon Peter to tell them what to do to be saved. It had to be. Because Jesus told Simon Peter, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. In other words, I'm going to give you the key that will open up heaven. What you say and preach is going to be the gospel that's proclaimed that's going to get people in the kingdom of heaven. And so it had to be in the New Testament church when this cup is being poured out. It had to be Simon Peter to preach this message that's about to go forth and to be the beginning of the New Testament church. You ready? So they said, what must we do? Verse 37 Verse 38, now you, can, now you can show them. Peter replied to that question. Oh, listen. Each of you must, each of you must what? Repent of your sins and be baptized. But I want you to do it. When you do it, I want you to make sure that you stamp my name on it. It's important that you stamp my name on you and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Why? For the forgiveness of your sin or the washing away of your sins. And then something's going to happen. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Woo! Man, 
Amen. If that don't light your fuse, you need a new firework. I'm going to tell you something. That is powerful stuff. That is this gospel. That's the cup being poured over. That's our dot. That's the number one dot, dot one. Know Jesus. And you're going to know Jesus when Jesus forgives you and washes you and fills you with his spirit. You can't help but say, dot one just happened in my life. Man, that's so awesome. Awesome, awesome. I get kind of fired up about this stuff if you don't know. And so, we want to see that happen in your life. We want to see it happen in your life. Whether it's, again, whether it's today, a year, five years, whatever, we believe that you stay faithful to our Sunday services. Somewhere this is going to happen to you in your life. Now, some churches, all they do is stay in dot one. All they, in other words, that's why when you go to some churches, all they preach, repentance, baptism, spirit and feeling. There's nothing wrong with that. That's awesome. That's what I just preached to you. But we don't want to stop at dot one. We don't want to stop with just getting out of Egypt. There's more to it. Everybody say there's more to it. And so we want to see dot two and three and four happen in your life. And that's our goal and that's our vision. In fact, today starts growth track. And some of you are here to go through growth track. And I think if everybody shows up, we're supposed to have like 18 brand new people go through growth track today. Give it up for our guests. Yeah. Awesome, isn't it? going through growth track and when we're telling them about the gospel and telling them about this church and telling them all these things and so this is us it's who we it's who we are we're not embarrassed of that we're not ashamed of the gospel we're excited about the gospel this is on facebook live and everywhere else today you know why because we're not embarrassed of this gospel today it's anchored all up in the word of god and we love it it's the it's the fulfillment in the new testament of, of this beautiful dots that we're talking about today. So we want you to, let's go back to those, the knowing Jesus, find freedom. Are you ready? These four things, this is what we're going to see happen in your life. Everybody say, know Jesus. Know Jesus. Dot two. Dot three. Dot, three. dot four. Is that not awesome? Yeah. And we're going to see that in people's lives. Amen.